You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how Locked On Packers is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On to get ten dollars off your first order of the best tasting protein bar ever. Part two of our conversation with Nick Vile on the show today. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this conversation, and we get into more of the nitty gritty Packers stuff. His thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, the critics of Aaron Rodgers, the Jordan Love selection, uh, and, and so a, a lot of interesting takes from him. Uh, he, again, does not hold back and is candid, and I, I love it. Um, it is it is great. I, I had someone reach out recently and say, hey, um, you know, can you have me on the show? I think it would be great to have a fan perspective. Well, that's why these sorts of conversations are really fun because that's what Nick is. And he is unabashed about it, and and that's great. That's exactly what I think uh, resonates with you, and and at least I hope it does. Um, And maybe it's not what everyone wants, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, You know, so we're going to get to that in just a little bit. A a reminder, as yesterday, um, some adult language, and that's fine. Uh, if you don't want to listen to it with your kids around or you don't want to listen to it at all, that's your prerogative. You can listen to the A block and and move on. Um, that's that's just fine. Uh, I understand that, but uh, that's coming and, and I want everyone to be aware of that. So, uh, again, not a big deal, just something that I, I think people should be aware of. That's it. Um, before we get there, though, I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company yesterday, and I think it's worth discussing on the show. I was looking at the Packers roster and trying to figure out if they were in a different position from other teams when it comes to this unique offseason process. COVID-19 and the restrictions in place for NFL teams, the, the lack of OTAs, mini camps, rookie camps, all of the assorted spring camps, Uh, and and potentially truncated training camps, different training camp, no training camp. All of that is potentially in play as the league attempts to deal with the effects of the novel coronavirus. And what I wanted to figure out was, are the Packers in a different position from other NFC contenders? And what I found was, it is likely to be the case that just two starters, one on each side of the ball, will go into the 2020 season having not played on the 2019 Packers. Christian Kirksey at linebacker 
and Rick Wagner at offensive tackle. There may be a new slot corner, but for now at least, it's likely to be Shannon Sullivan, and he was, by Pro Football Focus's metrics, one of the best corners in football last year by passer rating when targeted. And so it seems like the Packers are pretty comfortable with him in the slot there. Whether or not that turns out to be true, we have to wait and see. But from a continuity standpoint, the Christian Kirksey signing brings a linebacker who actually knows this defense. So you're replacing a signal caller with a guy who knows the defense. And then a veteran offensive tackle comes into an offensive line group that has now been together a year in the system. In the case of Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari, you're talking about two guys who have been with the Packers for a long time. And four of the five played together. There is significant continuity there. You bring back your best defensive players, you bring back your best offensive players, and you're in really good shape in an offseason where you are not going to have the same sort of teaching time and practice time to go over details. On the other hand, a team like San Francisco, for example, they're replacing Emmanuel Sanders with Brandon Ayuk, a rookie. Adam Thieland told a TV station in Minnesota that if he had been a rookie under these circumstances, he might not be in the league. That's how difficult it is as a rookie to try and catch up. So are you going to be able to replicate Emmanuel Sanders' production as a rookie in an offseason where you don't get a chance to really get on-field reps until at the earliest mid-July? That seems like a long shot even under the best of circumstances. If you're the 49ers, you are trying to replace DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw, a rookie who is not going to get reps until earliest August or July. That presents a bigger continuity problem. And that is aside from the fact that rookies just tend to be bad. So while the 49ers are probably still more talented overall, it's not the case that they are assured to be as good as they were last year because they're replacing two very important pieces with rookies who are going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to the learning curve. The same is true in Minnesota, for example, where Justin Jefferson, who is one of my favorite players in this draft, is going to be replacing Stephon Diggs. Well, Stephon Diggs was a bona fide Pro Bowl player. And now you're expecting a rookie to come in with a truncated offseason and produce at that level to maintain what your offense is capable of. They're going to ask Jeff Gladney to come in and start at cornerback and, and potentially Cameron Dantzler come in and be a rotation borderline starter level cornerback as a rookie. These are priority position players who are going to have to come in and, and impact the team in a meaningful way right away. And yet, it's unlikely, even in the best of circumstances, they would have been able to replicate the production that the Vikings got at those positions last year. The same is true in Philadelphia with Jalen Rager. The same is true in Dallas with, with Diggs there. Trevon Diggs, not Stephon Diggs, at corner with CeeDee Lamb. They're transitioning to a new coaching staff. How does that affect how they want to go into 2020? How does that affect their adjustment period? Even with the same offensive coordinator, it's going to be a different philosophy. It's a different leadership structure. It's going to be a different practice structure. It's not going to be the same as it was last year. They're going to take some getting used to. 
the only other team in this group of NFC contenders that can really say, oh, everything is status quo and no major pieces have to be replaced with players that are significantly worse is New Orleans. They added Emmanuel Sanders and they added Malcolm Jenkins and they are not going to be relying heavily on rookies to come in and produce for them. They're not even going to be relying heavily on new players to come in and produce for them because all of their best players are coming back. Now, I think you can make the case, you know, Seattle, but they're losing Jadavion Clowney and replacing him with no one. You know, they're arguably their best, at least their their best pass rusher. That's inarguable. And probably their second best defensive player after Bobby Wagner. They're, they have replaced him with Bruce Irvin, who even at his peak was not an impact down-to-down player. He was a specialist. So the Packers of all of these teams have the most continuity in place, which means they are in the best position to weather a potential storm created by not having the off-season reps that they're used to. Now, whether or not that's enough to close the talent gap between them and the Saints or the 49ers, that is still very much an open question. And they're going to need internal development from guys like Kevin King, Rashawn Gary, Jay Sternberger, Darnell Savage, uh, Alan Lazard, and their their receivers, Equinemia St. Brown. They need a resurgence out of Devin Funches. They need Christian Kirksey to stay healthy, all of that stuff. But they're in a position, because of that continuity, and that continuity that is relatively unique to them, at least them and New Orleans, among teams fighting for the NFC playoffs. It is a marginal advantage. And the NFL is all about finding marginal advantages. In this case, the Packers have one. And when it comes to finding healthy food, there is nothing marginal about the difference between Built Bar and the other guys. You go down the grocery aisle and you look at all those bars. They've got pretty pictures on them. Pretty colors. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, that's going to be delicious. And then you take it home and it tastes like cardboard. And it takes you 45 minutes to chew that little four and a half inch piece of God knows what. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. 16 amazing flavors, chocolate and nuts, and chocolate and nut free. Every bar is 100% chocolate. On the outside, they're soft and easy to chew. They are made as low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber superfoods that taste great. And right now, our listeners can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $100 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at Built Bar. And if you're looking to make an impact on more than just your waistline, the U.S. Army is the place to do it. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where you can make all of that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462-769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462-769. All right, let's get to part two of my conversation with Nick Vile. Did you did you play sports growing up? Yeah, I played a lot of sports. I uh, uh, Walkshire North didn't have a very good football team. Probably my biggest sporting regret was not actually 
playing football, they, they sucked. But unfortunately, they just had a bad program, and all the best athletes didn't go. But I played baseball, track, soccer. I, uh, I ran track in, for Wisconsin, so I, uh, I, had, some, I had some athletic success in, in high school and uh, won a couple state championships in track. And, and, um, nice. that was, what was your that was event? Fun. I was a 400 and 800 guy. Wow. So, so not the like, not sprinter, but not quite endurance. That those are, I think those are the toughest. Those are the they, toughest they, events. They are the the toughest one. I was, I wasn't fast enough to like beat Michael Bennett, if you remember Michael Bennett. But uh, we ran. Right, uh, I do. We ran club together at nationals, um, and uh, so yeah, I just took that speed and and just kept running, so to speak. <laughs> Was it, I mean, you, you do eventually end up on, you know, the, the Bachelor franchise and these are ultimately shows, you know, ostensibly to find love, but it, it is also a competition. Is it hard for you ever to, to separate the, I'm a competitor from, I'm, I'm feeling something for this person? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is you don't really know the difference either when you're in the world. Uh, right. You can recognize you're competitive and you can have genuine feelings, but there's no doubt that it is an environment that heightens your emotions. And uh, it's it's a heart you have a. And again, they're not necessarily even mutually exclusive. Um, yeah. You know, they you have genuine feelings and they're probably heightened by the competitive element. Um, and that's probably the biggest challenge in that world is to really know the difference. But you never really honestly find out. Um, to be honest, have you, you know, you can give me as much or as little as you want on this, but have you met, uh, Aaron's brother through the bachelor nation world? Yeah, I've met, uh, Jordan. Jordan. Times. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's all right. I don't know him personally. I, uh, I know Jojo a lot better, but, uh, um, seems like an all right guy. I have no insight into that relationship. Other like my, my insight is everything that any other Packer fan knows. And it's an interesting situation. I have, a, you know, I, it's, I will say I've been, it's not that I'm critical of Aaron, but like, like I have 10 siblings. I, I love all of them. I mm-hmm. like some more than others. Um, <laughs> right. You know, they're my siblings, but I, you know, I right. do, you know, and maybe there's like, I can't relate to Aaron Rodgers on any level, but I can relate in some levels of like getting some notoriety, certainly not a fraction to what it's like to be Aaron Rodgers and then have an interaction that might affect a relationship with a sibling. I, I get that. I can recognize that a little bit. I can imagine a world in which uh, I would not talk to my parents, though. That's that's just hard for me to fathom. I, it's hard to relate to. I don't uh, I've you know, I've heard plenty of stories and I've had I've been lucky enough to have access to people who have access to, to Aaron and it's. There, it's it's a fascinating how how even the people closest to Aaron um, don't really know you know what's like it's just such a unique situation. It seems like for a lot of people of that level of fame, even those who know who who know him don't really know him. We're seeing this with the Michael Jordan doc. I mean, you said you've been watching him. It's fascinating yeah. how isolated Jordan is. I mean, that's the yeah. thing that's really stood out to me. Like, what a lonely experience that must be. No, it, it can be. I mean, you get. Uh, I will say, like again. You know it's different now, but uh, the more eyes on you, the more the, the smaller you make your circle. And and uh, when you're the, you know, Michael Jordan's case, the uh, most popular athlete and arguably person at the time in the world, that uh, you have a hard time trusting a lot of people. And um, and uh, certainly, I'm sure Aaron's the same way. You know, it's just like for example, like 
and, and sometimes you get in a winless situation. You know, I listen to Colin a, a lot and uh, you know, we all know how like he goes after Aaron and the truth is yeah. sometimes I agree with he like, Colin. He likes to poke the bear. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, he knows where his bread is buttered. And like, sometimes I agree with Colin, you know, like yeah. Aaron makes it easy for people to make those comments. But sometimes I relate to Aaron Rodgers with his kind of demeanor and like his, his mentality and, and you know, Aaron's going to be here. He is. And he's never like, he's never going to change people's minds. You know, I'm definitely te team Aaron versus Greg Jennings. I don't say that much. <laughs> um, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't, for everything Greg Jennings says about Aaron Rodgers, you could turn around and say you're you're guilty of the same thing. I don't know how you can call Aaron Rodgers sensitive and yet tell a story where Aaron Rodgers makes a what could argue is a sarcastic dry joke and you're so hurt about Aaron not going to bat for you and suggesting that he should play for the other team that you're like so devastated. Like that sounds right. like a sensitive person, which <laughs> is fine if you're sensitive. I don't know how right. you can call Aaron Rodgers sensitive when you're in fact sensitive uh, and I right. get it, you know, people can be sensitive, but um, I don't ever really understood that criticism towards, uh, towards Rogers. I actually, I, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure I could unpack it, but there, there is something uh, about your personality and Aaron's. I think you guys would actually get along well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had, I know again, people who know him and I've kind of heard that before. I and mean, again, I'm not trying to be like, Hey, Aaron, if you're listening, we should be best friends. But, <laughs> but Aaron, uh, if you are listening, I can be aloof, so can Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I have a very dry, sarcastic sense of humor when I hear him articulate his views on life. I agree with a lot of the things he says, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers suffers fools. And you know, at the end of the day, he's going to be who he is. And um, like, I think Aaron Rodgers really likes to be liked, as do I, but he's not willing to change who he is. And I think sometimes people unfairly criticize him for... Uh, you know, like the critic, like Aaron Rodgers thinks he's smarter than everyone. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers does. I think Aaron Rodgers is aware of how smart he is, and the people who are he is smarter than are a little insecure about that. Is my my take? Um, and then they project. I think that he's onto more self-aware than people realize of him. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, yeah. I think the the intelligence he is, and and let's be honest, he's he's smart. He's really smart. Yeah. And I, and that's why he's funny and that's why he's a really good quarterback. So at the same time, is, I've never yeah, I've never really understood. Sometimes I will say I, I, I towards the end of last season, I was I started I felt I felt myself going a little like having a hard time defending some of what's like the perception of Rogers where it was this like which season this last one where okay. it was like, hey, man, I know you care about your legacy, right? Like, and I don't know what's true, what's not, but is he changing plays at the line of scrimmage? Like at some, like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just more, listen, Aaron Rodgers did not have a very good season last year. Like it was good enough, but it's definitely like he left, a, he left things to be desired. He wasn't yeah. one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He was maybe still top 10, but he showed enough regression where your thought, like, is this his talent? Is this, um, is this him trying to defiantly, uh, flex his muscles. I, I wasn't sure, but he's, my point is the truth is he left enough uh, to be desired for the Packers to draft a quarterback in their first round. You know, I don't, uh, I don't think you could argue that. That's he, something that I, that I think hasn't been brought up enough too, because if, if this is 2014, even if Rogers is 36, if this is, if we're coming off the 2014 season, there is yeah. no way in a million years, even if they love Jordan love, 
I would agree. make that selection because Rodgers was so great. He wasn't that guy last year. There used to be a time where Aaron Rodgers spoiled us so much that if he threw yeah. a pass and the receiver caught it, but he kind of had to slightly break his stride, we're like, dude, Rodgers. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. And now yeah. he's like throwing things in the dirt and over like, man, that Detroit game, it was like, I mean, I say what you want. I was watching it. Yeah. yeah, say what you want about the receivers. And yes, I understand like he had better receivers, but at the end of the day, you know, look what Peyton Manning did with uh, what that year they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Saints. You know, uh, who was his receiver? He had Reggie Wayne. Sure. Fine. You have Devontae Adams, but he had like two rookies. One of them was who's the guy who kept getting concussions. And then Pierre Gasson, where it's just like these were like fifth and sixth round guys. Right. That like they Brandon came Stokely, in and all was on that team. Now, Brandon Stokely. But there was another guy. Um, he was good. And I know he was, you're thinking of and I can't think of his name. He had to retire. Like, but like, again, I'm sure they, you know, maybe a good draft picks. Maybe they should have been drafted higher. But um, their best seasons were with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm sorry, Peyton Manning and, and Greg Jennings. Right. You know, what did Greg Jennings do after he left the Packers? Um, and um, there was a time where Aaron Rodgers made everyone around him better. So. If you want to blame the receivers now, uh, you know, you got you to gotta put a little bit on Rodgers. And it's not to say that he's not still great. He's just not what he was. Austin Collie, is that who we're thinking of? Austin so. Collie, thank you very much. Yep, that's it. The magic of the internet. Dallas Clark was on that team too, but I, I think your point is well taken. Like, it, it can't both be the case that Rodgers has no help and that he is now underrated from the criticisms that are around him saying, oh, he's not the player he used to be. No, if he were the player he used to be, then the guys on the field are good enough to win with. So you can't have it both ways. Yeah. And like you say what you want, where like Tom Brady has made an entire career of of taking what the offense has given him and checking down. And like, it might not be sexy, but you know what? He's got six Super Bowl rings and there's like, you don't have to be a coach or a scout to watch the game and go, Aaron Rodgers seems to stubbornly refuse to sometimes take what the, what the defense is giving him. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how you can argue otherwise. And I think sometimes he's done that to his detriment, you know, uh, maybe to prove a point, to be stubborn. I, I don't know what his motivation is, but I, I'll say that I, I talked to someone who was an, a very, uh, in my someone who covers games and, and they had talked to Peyton Manning, talked to, they were talking to Brady. Again, keep in mind, this is, you know, secondhand information, but they said that Brady said the most talented but dumbest quarterback in the league was Andrew Luck and the smartest quarterback in the league was Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers overthinks everything and it hurts him. And that was Brady's take. And this was someone who, you know, this is a prominent NFL person who kind of, and I always thought that was really interesting where it's just like, and you watch the games and it feels like, yeah, it's just like, come on, just like, and Brady's just like, hey, that guy's open. Throw him the ball, live to fight another day, where Aaron's just yeah. like, I don't know what's going on in his head. But you can, you kind of get that sense sometimes that he's sometimes forcing his own agenda when he plays quarterback. It, like, that's from, a again, a fan's point of view. And maybe it's not forcing his own agenda. Maybe it is, but maybe it's also, I mean, this was something that I think Peyton Manning was a victim of as well, is trying to be perfect. Aaron Rodgers wants to be in the perfect play, which is why the clock runs down to zero before every snap he wants to make yeah. the perfect play and sometimes you know um you know, they say good is is the is the biggest enemy of great but i think sometimes perfect is is an enemy as well trying to be perfect can, can yeah, I lead mean, you down a path of of you know negative plays 
I agree. And I, I have no problem with the, like the, the clock winding down. It's just one of those things when it works, you're like, oh, he's the greatest. You know, when it doesn't, right. you're complaining. I mean, it comes down to performance. And like I said, I mean, uh, I'm curious to see how Rogers responds. Uh, I absolutely think that anyone who like, you know, the media makes like they made such a big deal about uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron's relationship proved to be mostly nothing. They're going to make a big deal about Aaron Rodgers in relationship with Jordan Love. And my gut tells me it's going to be nothing. And Aaron Rodgers, he can be annoyed and he can be professional at the same time. He can use it as a motivator. I don't like, I'm curious, like I, everyone's like, oh, he's going to, it's people react like people act like there's two options. Either Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a big fit and force his way out of Green Bay. Or he's going to use this as like a launching pad to like have a resurgence career. My guess is, on, you know, the truth is going to be somewhere in the middle. Or he'll still be a pretty good quarterback. He's going to be way better than Jordan Love. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know if we'll ever see the Aaron Rodgers of 2014 and 2011 again. Yeah, we're, I mean, that that ship has sailed for sure. I mean, if he needs Jordan Love being drafted to be that guy again, then it's just sort of like, why why wouldn't you just be that guy? I mean, if you need that motivation. Well, that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, at, at what? Like, Aaron Rodgers wasn't motivated last year. I mean, he had right. an article written about him. Everyone's doubting him. Like, he's had plenty of reasons to be motivated. I, like, all, all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers would be like, now I want to be good again. <laughs> um, I, I do think Aaron Rodgers, again, like, as a dumb sports fan with no actual credibility and knowledge of football, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers probably could be better if he accepted he needs to adjust his game a little bit to what his talent is now. Um, and maybe that's where he that's could right. be a better quarterback. Brett Favre did that. Uh, Peyton Manning, has, uh, Tom Brady has done that. Drew his mechan- has done it. Yeah, yeah his, Aaron Rodgers' mechanics last year, and again, I'm not a quarterback, and I don't have to be a coach to like have people break down his film and have him like jumping backwards and throwing. like. You don't have to know, like, to be a coach to know that's probably not the most efficient way to complete an accurate pass. And if you can do that, great. But when you start missing throws, maybe you need to adjust your game so that you, you know, have better footwork and throw more and have a higher completion percentage. That's, you know, just my take, but I could be totally off base. No, I think you're, and, and Rodgers would be the first one to say, look, this is always how I've played, but it used to be, it used to work. That's, yeah, the, that's the big thing. So you Listen. have to be able to, it has to work. And if it's not working, then you need to figure out why it's not working. Yeah. And if you want to die on that vine, if, if Jordan Love uh, continues to like progress, like then you're going to not be a Packer quarterback anymore. That's entirely up to you. That's your call. Like there is no doubt there is, you know, Brett Favre admitted to it. And, and Aaron Rodgers certainly has an ego and you understand why. And he's and, and rightfully he deserves to have an ego. But at some point. The organization is going to choose to move on when you when your uh, when your talent regresses and your demands increase is like a, a statesman of the franchise. That's when the, the team is usually like, eh, I don't know. Is the juice really worth the squeeze like Tom Brady? I mean, at some point it was like Tom Brady wasn't great last year. Bill Belichick's like, you know, the truth is, I don't know the, the cost of replacement versus like what we can get a quarterback to do probably isn't as big as a regression as fans want to believe there is because it's Tom Brady and you move on. The, the, the standard is different for Tom Brady. So I, I hope the headline coming out of this is, is somewhere aggregated is uh, Nick Vile's criticism of Aaron Rodgers to launch a great 2020 season for Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, I'm a I'm a diehard Aaron Rodgers fan. I hope he's the Packers quarterback for the next three or four. I in, in a perfect world, he's a quarterback for uh, four more years. They win one more Super Bowl, and he passes the torch to Jordan Love, who will then what be 25 at the time, and he can be the quarterback for the Packers for 11, 10 years, and he's like, you know, uh, like a slightly worse version of Patrick Mahomes. Great. That's that's the dream world, right? I mean, or he's Patrick Mahomes, but let's be realistic. But uh, right. I'm all I'm all for Aaron Rodgers being our quarterback. I'm not I'm not looking to move on from him. But if in two years uh, Jordan Love's awesome and, and Aaron Rodgers is isn't, I'm you know see ya. Right. He'll be fine. Right. He's yeah. <laughs> Uh, if, uh, if people do not know where they can find more of the, the work that you do, the podcast, all that stuff. And I know you have a product line too. uh, let my audience know where they can find that stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just a Nick Vial on Instagram, on, Insta, uh, on Twitter, it's Vial Nicholas 28. I got a podcast called the Vial Files. It's a lot of, uh, interpersonal relationships. You know, we uh, have a strong women audience, but if there's guys out there who, uh, uh, get messed up by all the wonderful women's and relation women and relationships out there and dating's hard and you know, check us out. I don't know if that's uh, your target audience, but uh, you never know. And uh, if you like essential oils and you have a, a, a girlfriend or wife or even for yourself who uh, uh, wants to use some essential, essential oils, check us out at energyoils.com. And um, that's about it. It's great, Nick. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. This was great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, enjoy your podcast. I do have to say one thing. I, I've never heard the word machination so much until listening to your podcast. Is that just like, did you like, what, did you like grow up I hearing? Like, I, you, I think you've said it on every podcast I've ever listened to. That and Myriad. Those, I, I, maybe it's Myriad, a yeah. thing that I like. I don't maybe know. so. Uh, I, always, I uh, always wanted to ask you that. Machination. Well, my mom, the teacher, will be happy to know that you noticed because. All right. Well, tell her I said what's up. <laughs> I will. Thanks, Nick. All right. All right. I want to thank Nick for joining the show. Uh, a, a great chat. And if you missed part one, you know, of course, go back and listen. But I think part two also stands on its own. Uh, and, and if you wanted to get crazy, you could listen to them back to back. That would be fun, too. Uh, we're going to have a lot more coming up next week. Uh, Andy Herman is going to be on the show. Uh, Jason Hershorn is going to be on the show. We've got our Kamal Martin Rookie Orientation Series and our What If Series is going to be a really fun part of the conversation. You are sending me your what ifs. I'm, I'm loving reading through those and, and trying to figure out which ones I want to put together. I think what we may do is we may have a mailbag show where I, where I take my favorite what if questions and we just run through a bunch of them. So send them to me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski or at Locked on Packers. Send them to me on Facebook or anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline about the what ifs or anything else. You can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.